Seven Seconds or Less podcast. This is a podcast about both the NBA generally and the Phoenix Suns specifically. My name is Max McCauley. I am one of your hosts. Your other host, well, his name is David Nash, and he joins me right now. What's going on, David? Not much, Max. It's uh, It's been a few days to uh, digest the draft, and uh, you know we're starting to, to ramp up to free agency now, and, and that's what this episode's going to be all about. This stuff moves so freaking fast, man. I feel like the draft just happened. We're already all the way into free agency. It's crazy. Yeah, we we jam it all right in there, and then there's a, a big, long gap after, you know, probably Summer League, I suppose. Yeah, we'll have some time to decompress and actually think about this team then. But for now, we don't even know what the team looks like, because we haven't done free agency yet. So this show, David and I are both going to play the role of Ryan McDonough against each other, while the other one plays the role of the player agents, and we're going to kind of mock out what we would do if we were the GM. But before we get into that, we're going to do what we do every week. David's going to give us a little piece of Sun's lore in the Did You Know segment. Uh, with this episode being dedicated to, to next week's free agency opening, I wanted to take you back all the way to 2004 and the signing of a Phoenix favorite son. For Did You Know This Week, we're talking about the architect of the team that this podcast is named after, Steve Nash. As we know, Nash was drafted by the Suns in 96 and traded in 98 in a package that actually brought Sean Marion with pick 9. Nash reached a verbal agreement with the Suns again on July 1st, on the first day of free agency in 2004. But Max, can you guess what that agreement was? Oh man, what was Steve Nash's contract when he first came back? I, I mean, I really just don't even remember at all, to be honest. What was it? Well, the rules were a little different, so I've thrown you off a little bit there, but it was actually six years for $65 million, huh. and it had a team option in year six. Well, that's a nice uh, contract only, for Steve Nash. <laughs> it is. It is. And, and only a partial guarantee for Nash in that final year. So, uh, you know, when we get into free agency a little bit later, we, you know, might see the uh, the changing of the power a little bit in the landscape with um, with that deal for, for Nash. Uh, Dallas was said to be devastated to lose Nash. And fair to say, Nash was surprised he was leaving too. Uh, there was a quote that I found in, in looking at this where he said, it's exciting, but also very bittersweet. Uh, Cuban apparently was about $20 million short of the Suns offer, and the Suns actually rolled out a huge entourage to meet Nash. Jerry Colangelo, Brian Colangelo, uh, the new owner at the time, Robert Sava, uh, Dan Tony, Steve Kerr, uh, Rex Chapman, and Amari were all in attendance for Nash's meeting. Wow. He took the offer to Dallas, actually, after it, um, and apparently Cuban refused to budge on, on his original offer, and, and the rest is Suns history. It was a decent free agency window for the Suns after that too. They signed Stephen Hunter outright, plus they also signed an offer sheet with Quinton Richardson from the Clippers. Uh, we might get into to restricted free agents a little later, but um, in this case, LA didn't match, and, and Richardson became a Phoenix Sun as well. Actually, a, a Mark Stein article that I found researching actually noted at the end of the article that, that the signing of Nash eliminated the Suns from the Kobe Bryant Derby, or Derby, as we like to say in Australia. <laughs> uh, on the Wednesday night, it was reported that Phoenix was prepared to offer Bryant a six-year deal worth over $100 million, which is sounds like chump change these days as well with some of the figures we're going to get into later. Um, but to round this one out, Max, of, of course... Nash did sign another deal with the Suns um, after his original deal and, and was traded to the Lakers two seasons later. The centerpieces of that trade were, were two first-round draft picks. Uh, the first, which was uh, Nemanja Nedovic, who was drafted by the Suns but traded for a, 
a recent failed prospect in 2013. Can you think of who that was, Max? A recent failed prospect in 2013. No, who is it? That was Archie Goodwin. Oh, okay. I think the Suns moved up one spot on draft night for to pick uh, to pick Archie and and Nedovic became a, a Golden State Warrior. But the uh, the second pick only became something that we thought about until uh, 2018, um, and it, it went on its own little journey. It went to Philly for in the Brandon Knight trade, and uh, of course came back to Phoenix in the most recent draft in the form of Mikael Bridges. There's a reason, Max, that I mentioned Sean Marion earlier. Uh, in its own weird way, two Steve Nash trades brought in Sean Marion to the Suns with pick nine, and then Mikael Bridges with pick ten this year. Both guys were drafted at six foot seven with seven foot plus windspans, and I think the Suns will be hoping that Bridges can become the Marion uh, with Booker and Ayton as maybe the Nash and Amari. What do you think, Max? Um, ah, kinda. <laughs> He's not kind of the athlete. I actually see Josh Jackson as being more Marion. Yeah, I think you know Josh's wingspan maybe. Uh, doesn't allow him to have the, the versatility of Yeah, you kind of have to combine Josh's athleticism with uh, Mikhail's wingspan. Yeah, maybe maybe the two of them combined. Uh, we're going to try and force four players into three there. Going back to uh, one thing you brought up, the Steve Nash trade, that was that's an underratedly bad day as a Suns fan when, when we found out Steve Nash was being traded to the Lakers. I was wearing a Steve Nash jersey at the time. It was It was a rough one. It hurt me a little reading some of the articles while I was uh, researching that. Kind of took me back to that feeling when they they uh, finally pulled the trigger. Funnily enough, in hindsight, I think it was you know it was obviously the right move, but it was definitely a tough one for Suns fans and and something that you know many Suns fans still haven't really been able to let go is is Nash in a Lakers jersey. Yeah, it was tough. I think the one thing that that kind of saved us is the fact that it went very poorly for them. <laughs> Yep, very, very poorly. All right, cool. We are now going to go on to the free agency preview. Uh, just to remind you how we're going to approach this is, is David and I are going to take turns here. I'm going to go first. We're going to act as if we were Ryan McDonough and we were trying to build this roster this summer around what we just did in the draft. Yep. Uh, we don't know what we're going to do beforehand because we're kind of doing a negotiation thing where the other one's going to play the player agent, so we didn't want to ruin the surprise. Yeah, and it, it, it will get interesting, I'm sure. It will, yeah. I think we're going to get into some battles. Uh, and then afterwards, we're going to run a Twitter poll on our, on our 7SOL pod Twitter account to kind of figure out which, which one of us you guys think did better. Before we get into it specifically, though, David, do you want to give it kind of an outline of where the Suns are right now, roster-wise, salary-wise, so we can have a kind of a background? You know, basically, with, with what we expect with uh, Peyton and Len both coming off the books and, and their cap holds coming off the books... Um, the Suns sit, you know, somewhere around the fourteen million dollar range in in space um, and and in money that they can spend uh, when July one opens. You can kind of muck around and remove sources or Alan Williams, I should say, uh, contract and which is uh, non guaranteed and and then depending on how far you want to go with with Tyler Eulis, uh, Devon Reed and and Shaquille Harrison, you can uh, remove all of those guys and free up a, a number of roster spots and, and get to about $17.5 million in space. Um, so the money's important there uh, at, at 17.5, but also the roster spots. Um, they're, they're sitting at you know 18 roster spots being taken right now with, if you count Len and Peyton, uh, goes down to 16. Um, they're sitting at 16, you know, guaranteed and non-guaranteed contracts, um, which you can carry. You can carry 20. Uh, in the summer, um, but in terms of signing free agents and, and the final figure, you kind of need to get to 15 contracts at some point. So, yeah, some of those non-guaranteed guys, you know, whilst they're kind of small money, it might be that their their roster spot is more important than their actual, um, you know, money figure. Yeah, and uh, just to put the money figure in perspective, the total one, the cap space is being, you know, on the high end, kind of in the 17, 18 range. Mm-hmm. That puts the sun sort of in the upper middle class of teams in terms of how much they can spend, I would say. There are teams that can spend a lot more than that, but they're they're definitely higher than the majority of the league. Yeah, we won't go into the uh, you know, real depths of it, but you know, the the Atlantas and Chicago's of the world, it, you know, it's a little easier for them to get to kind of 
uh, 20 mil and, and then those kind of max figures for one player. Um, but, you know, yeah, the Suns kind of sit right behind that lead pack in terms of, uh, you know, free free room in their cap and, and mm. therefore, uh, you know, where they sit in terms of chasing some of these these bigger guys, which we might get into. Yeah, and the Suns, they could make more room if they found a big guy who was interested in them. They could do things like stretch Tyson Chandler or stretch Jared Dudley and they can create a little more room that way. A little preview, I think that would be irresponsible, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> they could do that. Yeah, they can they can get to about uh, the max contract for the uh, you know guys with um, you know seven to nine years experience, I believe, um, and but quite easily get to to the max for guys like Gordon and and Capella, uh, which is you know around twenty six, twenty seven million at, at their contracts mm-hmm. start at for for next year. Okay, all right. Should I start? Should I be Ryan McDonough? I'm ready to be the other 29 teams. Let's do it. And all the players. <laughs> you got a lot of responsibility. And all the players and their agents. So, uh, yeah, this will uh, keep me on my toes and uh, hopefully is interesting listening for people. Okay, so first thing I'm doing, I'm calling up everybody on the team right now who is not Shaq or Davon Reed, and I'm, and I'm saying goodbye. Okay, so uh, Tyler Eulis. Uh, Len and Peyton are, are all sad right now. Is there anyone else I'm missing? Yes. So sadly, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to make this phone call right now. I'm dialing you up. All right, you're Alan Williams' agent. Okay. We want you on this team next year, but we don't want to pay you five million dollars, five and a half million dollars, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. We're gonna cut you, but okay. once once July is over, everything settles down. We're very interested in bringing you back for if we have leftover space, maybe for more than the minimum, but at least for the minimum. Okay, no worries. Um, I think I understand that, and I I guess we're, you know, having this phone call on on July one with uh, you know, my impending guarantee date uh coming up on July six when when the moratorium opens. Yeah, and you know, feel free to go talk to other teams. I am kind of skeptical you'll get an offer anywhere else, given what happened last year. But good luck to you. Yeah, and uh, I guess we should note that there's obviously the waiver period that uh teams can pick up my my contract that the Suns are waiving. But uh, as you noted there, I, th- I think it's probably highly unlikely anyone with uh, Williams's last season and, and injury history that anyone's going to take up that uh, close to $6 million for next year. Yeah, no, we'll get into it. The center market is impossible. So <laughs> I don't think you're getting $5 million. Okay, so I'm sitting, what, I have what, I have like 17 and a half-ish space right now? Uh, yeah, so you said you were going to keep Reed and Shaq. Yeah, that's, I'm keeping reading check. Yeah, so you may be, uh, you know, more in the $16 million range, I believe. Okay, that's fine. Uh, all right, so first call I'm going to make, I want to call Jerry West. I'm calling the Clippers. Okay. Jerry, I know you guys just traded away Austin Rivers for a center, so your guards aren't as much of a log as they were, but what's it going to take to get Patrick Beverly from you? Ooh, um... That's an interesting one. I think if I'm the Clippers, you know, we're in a little bit of a, a transition period here. Few things could happen during free agency, but you know, PBEV still a pretty valued member of the team. Great contract. It's probably going to cost you a first, Max. Uh, you see, I just kind of got killed in the media for trading 2021 Miami first for Mikael. There's no way I can get away with a couple seconds. Mm, I just don't see the value uh, for the Clippers. Um, they're going to want to hold on to him unless uh, it's it's a really, really good deal. Yeah, okay, fair enough. I mean, you probably like him for the same reasons I like him. He'd be exactly. the perfect Booker compliment. That The three-point shooting plus the defense, the the, the energy he brings, the night-to-night consistentness. I mean, that's that's kind of what you want out of a guy next to Booker. But, I'm not surprised you want him. Yeah, I guess I'm just going to have to move on. Um, let me give... KCP, Contavious Caldwell Pope's agent, who I think is Rich Paul, so this, this phone call might be tough, but we'll give him a call. It might be a little awkward. <laughs> <laughs> uh, KCP, what are you looking for? What's your market look like? Because I know last year you took a one-year balloon payment from the Lakers. I think it was like $17 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, We'd be interested in doing also another one-year for you, not nearly as high of money. We'd be interested maybe in the high... High non ten figures. What, what, what's your what's your market looking like? So you, we're ca- kind of talking single digits here. Do you think? Yeah. What What would you look at for like a one year eight million kind of thing? Ooh, I am 
I am a little shy about uh, waiting for a, a multi-year deal. I think it might be a little dry again for KCP. Um, and, and with the extension that he turned down uh, from Detroit, you know, what seems like an eternity ago, I, I, you know, they need to save face a little bit. But um, I think a one-year deal is definitely in, in play for KCP. Um, might be better to come off the market again next off-season. Um, I'd probably bounce around a little bit um, and, and kind of, you know, gauge things with other teams. I'm not sure whether I'm quite ready to sign, but it certainly would be interested at, at a, at a one-year deal around that mark. Okay. All right. I'm going to keep that in mind. Um, looking at my guys here, I like Fred Van Vliet. <sighs> He's the only guy I'd really be willing to commit long-term money to now because one of the, it, it's difficult for me to figure out which of these point guards might make sense long-term with, with this team because I don't know what this team is yet. We just drafted a bunch of young guys. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather go for one year. What about Seth Curry? Can I, can I give Seth Curry a call? Interesting. Sure. Seth, you had a kind of a lost year last year. You didn't play very much. You were hurt all year. I don't. Did, Seth mm-hmm. didn't play at all, did he? Mm, not that I can think of. Yeah, I don't um, think he played at all. Um, yeah. But the year before, had a really nice year. It was a fun kind of like combo-ish yeah. guard. Yeah. Shot really well from three. Wasn't the worst defender in the world. Listen, I, I don't has, know if there's going to be a lot of Has a little history with the Suns, too. Yeah, we had him for a little while and stupidly cut him because we're stupid. Yep. Um, but what what make good to you, Seth? We wanna we wanna rescue you out of uh out of your forgottenness and sign you to a to a one year deal, maybe a second year non guaranteed, maybe something around six million dollars a year. What do you think? Okay, can I get any guaranteed money in that second year? Uh, no, but we'll bump it up to seven for year one. How about that? And non guaranteed second year. Yeah, I would. Uh, I'd probably be interested in taking that. Um, kind of rehab my value a little bit and, and maybe become a free agent again next year. Obviously, the Suns all have the option to um, pick up my contract again, but you know, at, if it's at kind of 7 mil or above again, it's not a bad deal for Seth. So, yeah, I'd, I would take that. I'd take that right now if, if the Suns were, were interested. All right, let's do it. Let's sign the line. Seth Curry, welcome. Done. There we go. I'm a Phoenix Sun. You were the first addition in my, in my mock. Uh, okay. I like Seth so much because he's not the best defender in the world, but he's okay. He competes, and he's an yep. excellent, excellent shooter. Obviously, not like his brother, but good. Uh, yep. And I just—I mean—I value shooting with this team particularly really, really highly because we don't know if Josh can shoot, and I want to spread the floor for Booker and DeAndre Ayton. Sure. I guess that kind of takes me out of the point guard market. I guess some of the other guys I was looking at uh, were like Rondo, but I, I don't like Rondo. Ugh. I don't know why everybody likes Rondo. I, I, so I, I, on, on Twitter yesterday, I, I brought up, I, I kind of complained about the poll on the Gambo show about uh, yep. how he was doing well. And several people who I think are, are smart people on Twitter kind of came up to me and were like, oh, well, why not Rondo? What's wrong with Rondo? And I just I don't see it at all. He he can't shoot. He can't, he doesn't play defense anymore. Like he's the exact opposite of what I want next to Booker. Yeah, we uh we saw playoff Rondo in full effect, but um I'm not so sure you're getting that same guy for for 82 games. I don't think which... we're getting playoff Phoenix next year. <laughs> so I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> we're getting playoff Rondo. Exactly. So and then JJ Redick I'd be very interested in. I just don't think that's realistic. No, I think he's going to uh either look for you know, pretty decent long-term money again, or or maybe another balloon payment from from Philly if they miss out on a few guys. Um, yeah, he'll be an interesting one, one to watch. Mm-hmm. And then one last guy I'll, I'll mention in the guards before moving on to the forwards. Uh, Marcus Smart, he's been talked about a lot. I think Suns fans are really interested in him. I'm here's the problem with me and Marcus Smart is I I like Marcus Smart a lot as a player, but he's mm-hmm. literally one of the worst shooters in NBA history. <laughs> yep. Uh, and that could be fine. Like, if the Suns, if Josh Jackson becomes a really good shooter out of nowhere, like, kind of like shoots 36% from three next year and looks like he's going to progress to be good, yep. and DeAndre Ayton's really good right away, mm-hmm. then I think you can get away with, with Marcus Smart. But Yep, we, I, might, uh, we might get into that a little later, Max. All right. <laughs> I'm excited for that one. <laughs> um, but I'm just, I'd be so nervous putting him on this team without knowing whether or not we have the shooters around him. That's um, fair enough. All right, let's go to forwards. So before we get into the forwards, for me, Jared Dudley. 
We signed him two years ago for three years, thirty million. He's got ten million left this year. Yep. He hasn't been very. He hasn't contributed very much for us so far, and I think the big reason why that is is because the same summer we signed him, we also drafted two players, two young players, developmental players at his position. Uh, yep. Bender and Chris. Mm-hmm. And we definitely made the conscious decision last year that we were going to let those guys play and see what we had in them and kind of told Jared Dudley to take the year off to an extent, I think is kind of what happened. Yeah, and he uh, he enjoyed himself, let's say. He did. He he was not in shape. Um, <laughs> but I think that if Brian went to him and was like, hey, we actually envision you playing big minutes for us to stretch for, maybe even starting... I could see that working out. I could see him getting into good shape. He's a, he's still a good player, I think. I think, you know, even in bad shape, he was, you know, at times last season, the best defender on the floor. Um, he's a he's a communicator, and he directs the yep. guys around, and um, he's just smart. He can so smart. stay in front of guys, um, you know, just with how clever he is on the floor. So, yeah, I think it's a decent point. Um, you know, you add him... Um, you know, looking a, a little fitter and, you know, maybe you, you don't know what you, you know, might have there already versus what it's going to cost you to go and get someone, um, you know, in that realm. I think it's an interesting point. Not sure how uh, fit he can get. Uh, I saw earlier today on Twitter, he, he um, you know, tweeted, I think he's going to the Hall of Fame at, at Boston College and he tweeted a photo of himself um, from his Boston College days, and uh, not sure he looked all that much different to what he does now. I'm not. I, I'd be surprised. It'd be an interesting question. Of, you know, what season in his NBA career was was Dudley at at, at peak fitness? My recollection is that it, for my memory of Jared Dudley, is it was that Western Conference Finals season when he was like our sixth best player. He was yeah, in fairly decent right. shape then. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so I, if it were totally up to me. I would probably just roll with Dudley and tell him to get in shape and see what we got there and hopefully he can start a power forward for you. Because the other thing is, he's a great passer and shooter, which is, I think, as you know, an awesome fit in Igor's offense. Yeah, I think he, you know, he's going to fit really well. He's going to put pressure on other guys for minutes because, you know, I don't think Igor will hesitate in in playing him um, if that's, you know, the kind of thing that he's he's looking for on the floor at the time. Right. Um, I think it's, yeah, as I said, I think it's a really interesting point when you get into, you know, what it's going to cost you to, to bring in guys to, um, you know, play a very similar role. We've pa- pl- uh, paid him $30 million, I should say, and, um, you know, you'd want to get at least one good season out of him. So I think that that's a decent point for sure. And, yeah, you know, with, with Mick D's comments around wanting a, a stretch four that can, you know, hopefully play a little defense as well, there's not that many of them out there that, that kind of fit that mold and, you know, if you could get it out of Dudley, then um, and you're already paying him money and don't have to go and pay someone else. Um, you know, I think it's a good shout. Yeah, I mean that's how I would look at it. But uh, McDonald wants to get a power forward, so I'm going to be somewhat realistic and look for some power forwards here. Okay. Let's um, do it. let me give a call to Luke Mamute's agent here. Okay. Luke, he had a really nice he had a really nice season with Houston. Um, sort of an underrated season. He was one of their better defenders. He shot pretty well from three. Mm-hmm. He hasn't made a whole lot of money in his career, as you pointed out to me uh, privately. He makes like twenty. He made like twenty five million so far. So far, over over a lot of seasons. Okay, I, I just don't know really what his market looks like. I know in the dunked on pod, he got like six million. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll start with a five million dollar deal, second year. Unguaranteed. What, is it, what does that look like for you? It's tough. I, I would say that's kind of what I'm getting from from various other teams. I can kind of take a whole, you know, I can take one of a whole host of options at, at kind of that money mark and, and, you know, teams that are going to be pushing in the playoffs are, are wanting me um, to play a big role for their team around that money mark. So, um yeah, what I would probably say is his agent is it's you know there's going to be a premium if you want me to come to Phoenix. Um, okay. Particularly on a on a one year deal. What are we talking about in terms of premium here? I'm talking. I need at least eight nine million dollars. All right, I'm going to talk to somebody else. Ursan <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ilyasova. Yep. Signed late by Philly last year. Played a pretty good role for them. Spread the floor mm-hmm. uh, for. Simmons, 
What are you looking at this year? I, I know you're getting a little older. You might be looking for a multi-year thing, but we're really only interested in one-year contracts in this fake exercise that I'm running. Uh, what about like one year, five million for you? How does that how's that looking? Yeah, that's not bad actually. I think you know, being realistic, I'm not sure Ersan's going to get much more than a year out of teams, guaranteed anyway. Um, and I think a lot of the contending teams that he might want to go to are probably only looking at you know, vet minimum type deals for Ursan. You know, they become knocking a little later after they've missed out on maybe a couple of guys or just to fill out their roster. So, yeah, I think it's a little more realistic to get a guy like Ursan for five mil with the kind of cap space that's going to be floating around um, and just another one-year deal where, you know, maybe he can, you know, ring chase or, or sign with someone uh, next season after making a little bit more money. So, um, yeah, I would... You know whether it's rightly or wrongly, I, I would place him a, a tier under um, Luke, and uh, I'd be willing to sign that for sure. Okay, well, I'm gonna keep that in mind. I'm actually looking at your basketball reference page right now, Ersan. <laughs> okay. Pretty consistent shooting around like 36 percent from three. Actually, crazily consistent 36 percent three point shooting. That's weird. Uh, okay. All right. Well, let's keep that in mind. I like that deal, but I'm not gonna jump on it quite yet. Um, mm-hmm. Anthony Tolliver. Yeah. You we hadn't we didn't have the best meeting last time we were together. <laughs> no, another class. another ex Phoenix son. But uh you were weirdly good from three last year. What what kind of contract are you looking at? What are you would you be interested in the Ursan kind of deal of a one year five million? Yeah, I'm gonna say um, you know, very similar range for Tolliver. Kind of twilight of his career. If he can get you know, if he can eke a little more money out, um, you know, around that $5 million range for a year, he'd probably take it um, versus, a, you know, probably a any other offer is going to be around the vet minimum, I would say, on maybe mm-hmm. a contender. Okay. All right. So I kind of, eh. I'm going to move, I'm going to talk about some, some of the interesting wings that I like. A small, okay. small shooting guard wingish guy to kind of figure out how I can fit this together. So one guy is Joe Harris. Yep. The Nets last year uh, shot well from three. Good energy game, brings it every game. I don't know what kind of contract you're looking at, Joe. I, I don't know if the Nets are trying to bring you back or what, but we'd be interested in a in a one-year deal with you as well. Maybe something in the, let's see, $6 million-ish range? It's interesting. I reckon I can get a little bit more guaranteed money as Joe, whether it's with Brooklyn or somebody else um yeah i think this stage in my career i'm probably looking not to to bounce around again i'm probably looking more at a you know look wanting a three or four year deal from someone oh jeez you had, I, you, I you had a 63 percent true shooting last year I, I'm, I'm insulting you right now joe harris i'm i'm good max i'm real good <laughs> there's gonna be there's gonna be teams that want me for uh for consecutive years i think okay i'm gonna i'm gonna pass i'm gonna pass them i'm sorry for offending you uh, <laughs> no worries. I'm gonna go a little cheaper, Mr. Hazonia, Mario Hazonia. Yep. What are you looking for? So you you've kind of had a, a difficult career so far. Uh, you need to change the scenery. It seems like Orlando's Orlando's kind of a sad place for a lot of players. Yeah, I'm, I'm probably looking to rehab things a little bit. I think to to answer your question, um, you know, minutes are probably, you know a higher priority than, than money in years. I'm probably looking for okay. an opportunity to, sh- to show teams, you know, that I can play and, and build on the back half of, of last year with Orlando. So, um, you know, if, if someone's offering me a, a decent role to, to show, you know, what I've got, I'd, I'd probably be open to a, a shorter term deal, I would say. Well, don't, don't spread this word around, but uh, general manager Max McDonough is shopping TJ Warren very quietly right now. Uh, so there okay. might be a big role for you if I can get that completed. I'm shocked. Absolutely shocked. <laughs> I know, it's weird, right? You'd think I'd want to hold on to him forever. Um, what would what would you do with like a $4 million offer, Mario? Um, I'm also, definitely open to it. I, I think there'd be some other teams maybe willing to offer something similar. But again, if you were, if you were kind of giving me a, you know, at least... 20 minutes a night off the bench to um to do my thing I'd, I'd probably take that and and try and uh build on it on a year contract and, and get myself something larger next off season we can probably get you in for some backup shooting guard minutes too i would think yeah okay um and if you play well hey 
Suns aren't very good. We're gonna, our good players are going to play. If you're good, you will play over people. Yep. Okay, so I have Seth Curry for seven, so that brings me down to about nine-ish. Yes. Okay, so if I bring in Urson for five, could I bring in Hazonia for four, and, and that be my team here? Can uh, I get you guys to agree? Can I get, I'll go to Urson first. You, you're good for five, right? I'm good for five with with Urson for sure. Um, I will just note uh, with my um, commissioner hat on here, uh, there is also the room exception available to you if if things are getting a little tight here. I'm not sure how your cap sheet's looking, um, but you do have around the four mark available in an exception. So I have an idea um, for that. You, okay, I have an idea for okay. That. I just but, wanted to make yeah, sure. No, I'm glad you brought if that you're, up. Though, if you're happy cool. with the uh, if you're happy with the maths on that, um, yeah, I'm I'm happy to go with you. I think so, right? Because you said I have about sixteen. Urson five. Seth seven, and then if I can do Mario for four, that's sixteen. That's and, and you know if, if this is real life, I could just adjust those numbers more or less to fit it. Yep. Yeah, I think it's it's close enough to suggest that we'd be able to make it work. Okay. Uh, and, and Mario agrees to that. Mario's in. He's excited. Awesome! I'm to excited too, and, uh, Mario. Come and kick Booker out of the starting spot. He's <laughs> he's cocky. I like it. I like Booker likes that kind of stuff. You got to compete with him. Yeah. All right. For the room exception. I'm going to look at... I'm going to call up Aaron Baines. Okay. I kind of like what you showed in the playoffs last summer, Aaron. You showed you could actually shoot a little bit, which I thought was interesting. You were yep. able to stay on the floor against uh, some quicker lineups. I thought was intriguing. I don't know if $4 million room exception is enough. I don't know if you accept that or not, but that's something we'd be willing to offer. I'll be honest with you, Max. Um, GM Max. Uh, I need two years if you're going to give me the room exception. Oh, two years. I will note that uh, the Dunked On podcast that you referenced before, Max, he got about five from Boston uh, in, in a one-year one deal. So I think he's going back to Boston unless he can get you know, a little more guaranteed money out of someone. Okay. Well, I, I appreciate you that, your time, Aaron. Uh, that violates my strict non-two-year rule. Um, <laughs> okay. Nerland's Noel. I know my my medical team red flagged you back in 2013, but I'm actually technically a new GM. This is not Ryan, so I'm interested in you as a rehabilitation project. I think that yep. Dallas didn't use you correctly, and I think there's some upside to you as a backup center once uh, mm-hmm. Tyson Chandler's gone. Yep, would be very interested in bringing you on for the room exception with a team option for the next year. Ooh, team option, team option. Um, I'm definitely interested. I think you're in my range. I think there'll be a few teams offering me this. Again, um, a guy who's been frustrated with his opportunities and, and minutes when he has been healthy. So a lot's going to come down to what you can give me. I do note that you just drafted a seven foot one monster with the number one pick, so I'm a little worried about what my playing time is going to look like. Let's do this. So we view Tyson more as a veteran presence than a, than a guy who will play big minutes for us this season. He'll take a lot mm-hmm. of games off, and honestly, we would be very comfortable with him not playing at all. Yep. Let's do this. Let's get rid of the team option, just $4 million, and we'll give you, we, get, we can guarantee you a, a very sizable role behind Aiton where you can show off what you still have, you can re- rehabilitate your value here. You'll be right back in free agency next year and potentially able to sign a, a longer guaranteed deal. How about that? Uh, Rich Paul here. Oh, no. Where do I sign? Hey, nice. This is part of the mending the relationship. Yeah, maybe uh, all will be forgotten if we can get uh, Noel a bigger contract next year and, and make Rich look a little better. Yeah, that's, I didn't even think about that, but that's a nice little nugget to this, isn't it? Yep. Cool. Well, I think that, that, that about t- caps me out. What I will say, uh, just real quick to recap, it's obvious I was yep. only going for one-year deals. The reason why I did that is because I like 2019 free agency better is one reason. There's better, uh-huh. bigger fish I like. There's Kimba. There's Clay, who's like my pie-in-the-sky guy, but I don't think we'll actually get Clay. But hey, you got to keep the option open, right? Exactly. 
Um, and also, the other reason is I, I, I don't really know what I want for this team yet because I don't really know what we have yet. We mentioned the shooting a little earlier. Like, I don't know if Josh Jackson can shoot, so I don't know if I want Marcus yep. Smart. Yep. Uh, I don't really know what Aiton is at all yet, so I don't know kind of how I want to build around him. Uh, I'd like to see a little more out of Davon Reed, see if we have anything in, with him. So uh, for me, I think it makes more sense to get one-year deals. I know they're trying to win. I'm, I'm not as concerned with that as they are. Um, yep. But that's kind of what, what I was doing here. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think it's you know it's pretty realistic with what the Suns you know, will look to do and, and where they will be cautious. Um, I think it's really interesting in terms of uh, you know being a counter to what I'm about to present. Mm, um, and tease. is is nice to uh you know not just be kind of running this the same philosophy here um to to back up yours so um shall i jump into that yeah let's do it let's 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 switch roles here all right i'm ready to go um i'm gm david uh slash mcdonough uh i'm i'm looking a little different to you max with with some of the same principles but you know i'm feeling the heat from the front office uh, sorry, from from ownership a little bit, and and up top of just drafted Aiton, and uh, I've got an owner who wants to push for the playoffs, shall we say? Uh, I haven't been told that it's it's playoffs or my job or anything like that, but um, you know, my franchise player has recently said that you know he's done missing the playoffs, and um, you know it's been almost a decade now for my owner, so. Uh, I'm a little bit on the hot seat here, so I'm looking to create a team that's you know pushing for the playoffs and and at the same time I'm I'm trying to change the culture a little bit, um, but also trying to keep a a little bit of flexibility going forward as as you did with with your mock off okay. season. So I'm going to start in in a similar way to you, but be a little bit more aggressive with my moves. So I'm going to start by freeing up roster spots and and rescinding those cap holds on Lennon Payton. Surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm also going to release Tyler Eulis. I'm going to release Shaq Harrison. I think the drafting of a Kobo mm. has has made those guys, um, you know, a lot harder to bring back. So we're going to say bye to them and, and hope they can get another opportunity elsewhere. Uh, I'm also going to release Big Source. We don't have to mock that same conversation again, but. Uh, you know, I will say that I'm very interested in bringing Source back to the team if I can okay. uh, later in free agency. But, you know, for now, we, we need that $5 million in space. And I'm going to call Davon Reed as well and, and his agent. And I'm going to say, look, um, the 29th is, is your full guarantee date. I'm going to ask you if we can push that back to July 15. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of at your mercy here because I don't think any other team is going to be interested in a, a last year's second-round pick who didn't show anything and was overdrafted in the first place. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, I'm going to agree to that. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you. You're kind of you right on the, the fringe there, and, and depending where we go with our free agent signings, it'll uh, it'll likely be either you or, or Alan Williams coming back. And Can you guarantee me a summer league spot at least? Sure, sure. Let's push it to 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 whatever that um is needed, and and we'll we'll play you through summer league and see what if you can if you can blow us away. I'm gonna blow your socks off. <laughs> All right, let's go with that. So that takes us down to you know if we remove Reed or or factor in that he may be gone, um that takes us down to to twelve roster spots, I believe. So essentially three spots open. So then the first thing I'm gonna do even before July first hits, let's say we're around. June 30 here or, or, or 29 when I've had that conversation with Reed, I'm going to contact the Clippers as well. Uh, Jerry Ress, we've got his number on speed dial, it seems. <laughs> I'm going to say, Jerry, I can see that Milos Teodosic has picked up his option, so you already owe him around $2 million, uh, and you're going to owe him 6 if it gets to uh, July 15 as well, I believe, um, and you have to guarantee his contract. Uh, I'm not even going to try for Patrick Beverly as much as I would love him because uh, I've heard that can't happen. No, it can't. We love him. He's going to teach Shea Gilders Alexander how to play. There you go. Um, so I'm, I'm going to say you don't you don't need Tia Dosic, uh, so you're probably going to have to eat two million there. How do you feel about a Troy Daniels for Tia Dosic trade where mm. you know Daniels is earning 
a little more than that two million that you that you're gonna have to play Milos, but uh, at least it's not complete dead money, and and you might have a player to actually play next year. Yeah, and, and Troy can shoot, and we like shooters. We need some shooters. You um, just lost Austin Rivers. Oh, what a loss! We're still reeling over here in the front office. Um, <laughs> Doc, Doc hasn't been seen for days. Let's see. So, what well, can you throw in a second round pick or no? Uh, it can be protected. Yeah. How about uh, you know, a pick next year? Uh, I'm not sure off the top of my head what the Suns have, but you know, something around what the the worst second round pick that the Suns might have next year. How about that? Okay, that's the deal. We just want to get something out of it. All right, and we'll take Troy Daniels. Done. So I, uh, I'm taking T. Dosic. Um, I've got a point guard. May not be my starting point guard though, um, but I've got some insurance there on my roster. So, um, still the twelve spots because I've kind of swapped one for one there. And and you're guaranteeing um, him, right? So that's a six million dollar contract, right? I'm guaranteeing him. So if you take Troy Daniels, kind of around about oh, right, three million. And Milos is six. I've I've essentially spent three in in free agency okay. on on picking up Teodosic. So, um, yeah, that's that's the start of my free agency in in a weird way. And and July one now comes around. First thing I'm going to do is I'm going to call up Booker and his agent on July one. Uh, and I'm going to put to you Devin Booker's agent and Devin Booker, your cap hold for next year is only nine million dollars. How do you feel about putting off your extension talks? We really want to attack free agency next off season, and we could have, you know, close to forty million instead of twenty five uh, if you don't sign your extension this off season. What do you think? Oh, oh, sorry, Devin and I were on mute. We were we were just laughing our asses off at that. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> uh, no, I'll take no. that as a no. You're, you're signing us. Uh, the one thing I will give you as a concession is that we will we love it here. We love Phoenix. We're not going to demand a player option. If, if we can just sign this right right now, we're good to go. All right. Um, I will take that as it's not going to happen, and uh, let's sign that extension. So we've got Devin Booker locked in for the next five years. By the way, I, I, forgot, believe I forgot to do that, but I would have done that too. That, assume around, I that. around $170 million, I think it's going to cost. Um, but no player option, which I we like, and and we're happy to lock that in right away. I'm happy. We're, we're excited to build a, build a team here. Great. Uh, the the next thing I think is you know Phoenix will be hoping that LeBron uh, stalls the market a little bit here, and a few days go by on on his decision because first guy we're really targeting here is is Marcus Smart, and nothing can really be official there until July six. So you know let's say a few days have gone by it might be you know july 5 or 6 by by this point and uh we're going to we're going to contact smart and his agent and and find out what it's going to take for him to sign an offer sheet um we're thinking 4 years we're happy to commit to 4 years and we want you to to name your price well i turned down 12 a year from boston for the season uh, i think is the reporting on that um, Boston, they're being they're playing hardball with me right now. They're telling me to go out and get offers. Yep. Talk to a couple other teams. It's it's probably going to be more in the fourteen to sixteen million dollar range. To be honest with you, Chicago is getting a little antsy over there. They want to bring some grit to their team. So they're they're okay. they, they've been they've been floating a number around fifteen million dollars a year. I don't know how okay. how close to that you're going to be able to get. Well, we're hoping for uh, we're hoping for around twelve. But if you were to sign the offer sheet. Right now, we'd we'd be willing to offer you fourteen over four years. Ooh, I didn't expect you to get that high. All right, well, we go to Chicago. Uh, All right, Chicago just told me they'll match the same offer. And you know, honestly, I I kind of like big cities. I'm into Chicago. However, I will do it in Phoenix, but I'm gonna need a player option on that. Ooh, that's tough. Um. Oh, that's very tough. But you are you are our big target for this, and and kind of what everything's built around. So we don't love it. We we could go for, you know, go talk to maybe Dante Exum or or Fred Van Viet and you know maybe get an even cheaper option. But you know, to be honest, we're really looking to push here, and we don't want to uh, 
you know, give Igor a, a project-type point guard or someone that we're not as confident is going to be able to come in and, and do what Marcus is going to do. Uh, we could go the more shooting guard route with a, a Avery Bradley or, or KCP or you know, even McCaw, but we don't love that. Um, even though we brought Milos in, we're kind of hoping he can be a second-unit guy and, and have a fun second unit. We really want someone to come in and play next to Booker and, and play some defense, so... I'm I'm reluctantly going to say we if that's what it's going to take uh, uh, we would do it. Let's do it. So it's four right. years, fourteen per year, and the last year being a player option. Wow, I'm happy. It's not exactly what we wanted from a you know long term standpoint, but uh, I guess just to take an aside here, Max, you can see I've been pretty aggressive, and you know Phoenix, I think are, are really going to make a move like this. So and you know it may take some some budging to, to make it get over the line, and particularly so Boston don't match. So can we safely say that Boston aren't going to match that? No, I don't think Boston matches anything like that. I think they'd match uh, maybe 12 at the high end. Okay. Um, yep. I, I don't really know for sure, but that's just kind of my take on the situation. Uh, in yep. real life, I, I do think – I'm not going to I think Chicago's going to go hard after him. Just for some reason, I have that – Yeah, I think they're going to be one of the main competitors there. Um, maybe even Dallas. We'll see. They they seem more interested in a big man. Yeah, I think um, so. Now that I don't, I think this is realistic. I can see this deal happening. Yeah, and I think you know there might be some listeners kind of sitting back, shaking their head, and you know I I'm going to be a little bit apprehensive if this is a is a, a move that the Suns do actually make. But I think smart, you know, shooting aside is a, is a really great fit next to Devin Booker, someone that can, um, you know, isn't going to demand the ball consistently on offense and he's just going to come in and, and really change the defensive side of things right away um, mm-hmm. and kind of you know brings a little bit of versatility with the team as well so as I fill out this roster you'll see that you know we're just going to throw you know a really deep roster at Igor and kind of say you know go to work and, and give us our you know best chances to win games going forward and just give him a heap of tools to play with so you know I really like Smart as the starting point guard but I also love him you know, playing in small ball lineups, um, you know, can even, you know, guard power forward sometimes, which can alleviate some of the shooting if you can get some other, you know, shooters on the court with him. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy at, at that figure for him to come in uh, in this market and, um, you know, really change this team from, from next season going Yeah, on. I mean, just imagining a closing lineup at the end of a game where you have Marcus Smart, Devin Booker, Josh Jackson, uh, Mikel Bridges, and DeAndre Ayton on the floor. If those guys all pan out, that could be an insanely good lineup defensively around Booker. This next move I'm going to make is going to be a little controversial, I think, for you, Max. And essentially, at, at the same time, I'm going to contact uh, Luke Mbamute okay. um, just to kind of gauge what he might sign. And then um, if we can get that over the line, well, uh, you know, we might have to do something, you know, some, some cap gymnastics here to to pay him but uh, I'm willing to offer him a three-year deal only the first year is guaranteed so two non-guaranteed years after that kind of like uh, the deal that Alan Williams got last year actually but a little bit more money so I'm willing to offer him let's say eight million dollars in this first year and maybe one or two million dollars guaranteed next year if we were to let him go what do you think uh i don't think i'm getting that money anywhere else that's um, i've made a lot of money in my career as we mentioned earlier um yep. i'm not sure how you're gonna fit me I, I imagine you're about to tell me but um yeah i would sign that we can make it happen if you if you're gonna agree we can make all it right happen. make it happen i agree all right so uh, we're very excited. That means we've got you know two real plus defenders in our starting unit now. Luke can shoot it a little bit too, and um, he's going to play the power forward for us. Uh, again, give Igor just another body to to work with, and um, you know again if if a guy like Bender ends up taking a lot of his uh, minutes towards the end of the year, then you know not the end of the world because you know we've only got him for you know so let's say one or two. Uh, mill guaranteed next year so we haven't killed our cap situation uh with with that signing uh a little high but i think you know we touched on with yours and i'll touch on it again i think this is the kind of money that phoenix is going to have to pay a premium on to bring guys like luke 
in because he'll maybe have one-year offers from some contenders around the five mil mark. So you are going to have to make it, uh, you know, interesting for him to come. Um, so what we're going to do to do that, Max, is we can essentially stretch one of Chandler or Dudley to make this happen. Uh, for hypothetical sake, I'm going to go with Chandler. Um, it makes us a little bit more money, but I think we can probably make it work with either of them. But we're going to stretch Chandler, which means his 13 and a bit mil this year becomes more like four, and we make ourselves about $9 million to play with. But unfortunately, that then means that there's you know four and four on the cap for the next two years. But again, wouldn't love this deal if it actually happened. However... I think Phoenix is going to be really aggressive this free agency and it might be the kind of thing that they need to do if they can't make a trade, you know, of a, say, a TJ Warren or they don't decide to trade one of Chris or Bender or, or something like that. So as you can probably see here, I'm really trying to create a, you know, really deep roster. I'm not trading away any of the young guys yet. I'm really going to make them earn their minutes. And yeah, that gets us, I think, probably close to 26 and a half mil in space overall if we do that. So uh, with with Smart at 14 and and Luke at 8, you know, we're at about 22. Milos is extra 3, we're at about 25. And, um, you know, we've essentially used our room there. As I said, there's about one and a half free there. So I think it would be possible to stretch Dudley instead of Chandler here and, and make it all work as well if, if that's your preference. But... Um, yeah, that's what we're going to go with. We're not going to go with Ariza because I think he'll probably um, take a little bit more money, and I don't love him at the power forward over Luke. So Ariza's uh, also not taking any like, those non-guaranteed years. That's not going to happen. Exactly, exactly. Um, He's also overrated, plan... by the way, but go on. <laughs> uh, my plan B there uh, would probably be Bielitsa, but um, he's also a restricted free agent who you could probably get for a little bit cheaper, to be honest, but I, I like Luke a hell of a lot more. Um, my plan C would be a guy that you signed in, Ilyasova, who would, you could probably do without, as you did, um, do the stretching and things. But I just love what Luke brings to this team. I think with him and Smart coming in, we really changed the culture of the team straight away and you know, impress Booker that we're willing to make some moves. I guess just to move along, it probably leaves me with you know, vet minimums and, and that same room exception to fill out the roster. Um, I, I believe I've got two spaces uh, to do so. So I'm going to bring Source back to to take the uh, the third big role that Chandler, um, you know, exiting the team opens up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Chris is going to play a lot of my backup five minutes to Aiton, but I've got Source there if he's fit and, and healthy to, to put pressure on him and, um, and, you know, use his six fouls in certain games and, and throw him out there. Then I'm going to hope with the with the room exception, I think something we saw in the dunked on pod um, towards the end of free agency, there's going to be guys that missed out on you know the longer term deal that they wanted, and um, you know maybe like you did with Noel, are willing to take a a short term deal at decent money, but get themselves back on the market. So you know with the room exception, you might be hopeful of getting someone like Doug McDermott or or Wayne Ellington, maybe. Um, Doug's a, a restricted free agent at the moment, but you know if Dallas really chase a, a big center, they may need to um, you know let him go and become an unrestricted free agent. And you know Ellington, I, I will say he he should command more than that. But as I said, anything can happen, and if the money dries up, he might take a um, you know a four and a half million dollar one year deal with with the Suns and, um, you know, that shooting for, for Eagle would be, um, you know, welcome, I'm sure. If those things don't uh, occur, you're probably looking at, at the vet men and, and maybe a guy like Omri Caspi. Again, some leadership isn't going to command huge minutes, um, but can shoot the ball if you need to throw someone out there. I or... am super uninterested in, in Omer Gaspi. <laughs> so, he was <laughs> yeah. he was supposed to be like the sneaky good addition for the Warriors, and I don't think he had a single relevant moment for them. It's funny when you look at the Warriors and a lot of those signings that everyone kind of went, oh, the Warriors get even stronger again. A lot of them didn't do a lot. No, right? none of that crap matters. They have Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. That's why they win. Exactly. Um, but yeah, just bringing another leadership guy. Um, 
you know, with with Chandler leaving, we kind of just need to, you know, build the team and and get some some older guys around. Not a, a very sexy signing there, but you know, the type of guy that you'd be looking at with the the vet minimum there. I think. Cool. Yeah. So just to round out kind of what what we're talking about here, your your team I think is more realistic than mine. What you what you put together. I, I think that's more what McDonough is going to try to accomplish. Mine's kind of more like what I wish McDonough would do. Uh, but like you said, they've, they've made so much noise about being aggressive. The Mikhail Bridges pick was a dead giveaway that they're they're looking at now, not the future. So I think we're going to yep. see something very – we're going to see fireworks kind of like what you did. Yeah, I tried to straddle the line a little bit, keep some of those principles that um, you talked about with kind of flexibility going forward because I do think they're still really targeting next off season, which – you know, we might get into very yeah. shortly. In, we'll uh, see. If they do what you did, they're kind of killed the next offseason, but we'll see. Yeah, there's still some options, though. and uh, But yeah, night, I think I there is a priority there to, to um, you know, really push this season. And, you know, they might not be a destination next offseason unless they kind of make some noise. So um, that's alluding to my, my seven seconds or less section a little bit but well let's get to um, that right now let's get to that right now sure uh, you're asking the questions it. this week as always there are three questions i'll have seven seconds or less to answer them and i have no had no preparation for them all right go ahead let's do it okay so uh, i know you don't love the idea of stretching chandler no i don't um <laughs> but if they did that or traded someone like tj warren which i know you would be much more open to uh, the Suns can, as we touched on at the top of the episode, they can kind of create that, you know, max slot this off season. So, uh, if you were to bet on the most realistic target, not that you would love the move or not, who would you be, you know, not all that surprised that on July one, hearing uh, the Suns are chasing a huge offer with Aaron Gordon, pretty easy. I think I think that's the most realistic one. Yeah, he's definitely who I had in mind with that question. I think. Um, you know, whilst we won't love to hear that report, I think it's the name that we we definitely need to look out for there. And it could work out. There's a lot of upside there. Yeah, I just don't know about paying that kind of money, but to to Me find either. out. But um, sign and trade with yeah. TJ, I'll be a lot more interested. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting option. Something I haven't really thought of. Um, so I get question two: whether it's with Gordon or um, you know someone else, and and everything going absolutely right this season what would you place the ceiling on wins for next season for the suns the absolute so they ceiling? just have an absolute perfect off season okay. make killer signings um and you know everything goes right with uh the young guys you know improving and things man so if everything goes right booker's like an all-star and a pretty pretty solid all-star deandre is yep. great right away josh jackson takes the leap we got the really good free i mean it's it's kind of hard to even say, but I guess like fifty. Wow. I mean, if every single thing goes right and Booker becomes like a borderline superstar, I guess that's possible. It's, I, it's, I guess I, I mean, we're talking about absolute ceiling here. Let me be very very clear. I do not think the Suns are going to win fifty games. <laughs> Someone someone's aggregating us right now. Thank Max. God we don't have aggregators, right? <laughs> Max McCauley predicts fifty games for the Suns. <laughs> um. Interesting. I was not expecting that. You've blown me away a little bit, but I, I understand what you mean. I'm, I'm well, not think about like anything. so. Yeah, like, OKC sort of took a leap, or like because they got all the, the all the talent together, they kind of jumped to fifty pretty quick. It's it's it can happen. The Sixers. Yep. No one thought the Sixers were going to win that. So that's true. Very true. All right. Well, that makes uh, question three very interesting. So I'm going to throw a few names out here. We've got Jeff T, Kemba Walker, Kyrie Irving, Goran Dragic, D'Angelo Russell, Jimmy Butler. Clay Thompson, Middleton, uh, Harrison Barnes, Tobias Harris, Kevin Love, Millsap, Miritich, maybe Carl Anthony Towns, maybe mm. Kristaps Porzingis, and Al Horford. That's kind of the meat of the 2019 uh, sorry, free agency crop. So with that ceiling of wins and those options at the max money level, which the Suns will be able to get to next year, uh, even with a signing like my Marcus Smart one. It might take some interesting maneuvering, but they will be able to get to max money if they want to. And even with Devin Booker, unfortunately, signing his extension this offseason. If you had to pick one name right now, 
for 12 months' time that the Suns are really targeting as their, their dream target? Who is it? I think that the Suns are going to spend a decent amount of time this offseason or this season seeing whether Booker can play point guard or not. And if they think mm-hmm. he can play point guard, it's going to be Clay Thompson, I think. Wow. That's a, a crazy backcourt. Oh, man. I just, I, with Clay's defense and his size and his shooting, and then you put that next to Booker, if Booker can show he can be a primary playmaker, ooh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. And then also Clay, uh, Clay, Josh, McHale, wing combination. Ooh, I like yep. that. Yeah, very interesting. Um, the power forwards obviously stand out for me, and uh, Jimmy Butler's a guy I'm intrigued by. Obviously, if, if Josh and, and Mikel do what they're supposed to, then you probably don't need to chase a guy like Jimmy, but if the Suns were looking to really make a move, I, I wouldn't be surprised because I'm, I'm not sure whether he's staying in Minnesota. Yeah, me neither. I think that's an interesting target, although he seems like the kind of guy who would try to go pair up with superstars, right? Although, who knows? Maybe Booker's a superstar by then. Yeah, we may we may have the superstars to pair up with by then. But uh, that's it for seven seconds or less this week. A, a long one. <laughs> yeah, it was, but it was a fun one, I think. And it was hopefully not too long of an episode. But uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. We appreciate it. As always, please rate, review, and subscribe. It really helps us. Unless you rate us a one star for mispronouncing one name, then don't rate us. I'm sure I got one wrong this episode. <laughs> I'm sure. We, we're going we're gonna to do that very often. We do this very early in, in the morning or late at night. Uh, Thanks, David. Appreciate you joining me. Thanks, Max. That was fun. It was. Until next time, guys.